What's up, guys? Jeffrey Wilson coming to you live and direct right here from the Everything Combat Studios. We're going to be chopping it up on the upcoming card, May 7th, May 8th, Caged Aggression Chain Reaction. We're going to be talking to Josh Neal, Eric Shelton, and Pierre Walters. All of these guys are going to be participating either the main or the co-main for this upcoming event. And then we're going to be ending the show this evening talking to the jefe, el jefe, of Caged Aggression MMA, Mike Goodwin. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the show. Peace. Locked and loaded, ladies and gentlemen. Back for another segment, Everything Combat, because life is a fight. Looking forward to chopping it up with this gentleman, man. He's, you know, very, very established, accomplished mixed martial arts and boxer, as it were. And uh, we even saw a little bit of his commentating game a couple months ago. He will be on the main event coming up, ladies and gentlemen, uh, May 8th, live from the River Center, where he's going to be facing a very game opponent, the Perfect Storm. Riley Ducho is looking to pick up his 15th win, but standing in his way is Showtime. Eric Sheldon, six-time UFC veteran. What's up, brother? How we going down there? Who We catching up with him. He's down American Top Team down in Florida, getting the final tweaking and, and locking in the final stages of his training camp. How you doing tonight, sir? Doing good, boss. Doing good. Loving this weather out here, man. <laughs> Yeah, you make jelly, dude. We here in the quad cities of Davenport, where we were just at like seventy degrees a week or so ago, and now we're talking about snow, et cetera. But we digress, man. Again, it's so good to catch up with you, man, because a lot has been going on, you know, since we last talked and last time you were on the uh, Case Regression commentating team. Just briefly, if you can, during a lot of that, um, bef- before this fight and in between the commentating, you jumped into a little bit of boxing. Talk to us a little bit how that came about. Yeah, man. Well. I I'd signed with the promotion Aries uh, out and it was going to be out in Paris. So I was kind of trying to avoid any MMA fights to that would disrupt my, my contract. So I was like, I wanted to stay busy. You know, I wanted to do something and uh, boxing is, it was just there. They started doing a promotion out there in the quad city. So I was like, let me see, uh, see how it hold my own in boxing. You know, I love, I love striking and, and it's, I felt like it would help my game in MMA a little bit anyway. It wouldn't hurt to try it. So I gave it a shot, you know, right. I had fun, man. It was a good time. Got him out of there in the second, so I was happy there with you it. Go. Easy, quick work. Congratulations, man. Congratulations. Well, you know, this this gentleman you're going to be fighting, he, in his own right, is a UFC veteran, participated in the Contender Series. You, being a six-time UFC vet, you uh, have gone to, you know, the ultimate fighter, and that's the cool thing about Case Degression, man. You, this is this is no outlaw mud show, man. These kids are absolutely elite fighters, game and ready to fight. So they've gone on to promotions like the UFC, Bellator, LFA, and even when they've gone there, they've even come back to a very well-established Case Degression. Talk to us a little bit about your opponent coming up, Mr. Uh, Mr. Dutro and uh what what have you been studying him what tendencies he might have that you've been trying to look at and uh what's the game plan come Saturday night well I I've seen him we actually have a similar opponent uh Jordan Espinosa he fought Jordan Espinosa on the contender so I I had uh and that was when my that was my last UFC fight was Jordan Espinosa so I had already seen him fight before when I found out I was fighting Jordan so I knew who he was when uh, Mike offered me the fight and his style, you know, I kind of, this is going to be my first fight back in a while. So I was like, I want to fight where I can put on for the fans and show, you know, some of the stuff I've been working and he, he likes to stand and brawl. So I'm, I'm, that's what I'm looking to do. Go out here and, and put on a show for the fans, you know, and, uh, and show why I deserve to be back in the UFC. And he's the perfect, you know, he's the perfect matchup. I feel to do that. So I'm excited about the fight. I'm excited about, you know, what we're going to do and, and how everybody's going to react to what I do to this guy. 
Well, and I've always said, man, I'm, I'm stealing this line. How can you be great unless you study greatness and iron sharpens iron? You're down there with some, you know, a great, a very well-established team, an American top team. Talk to us a little bit how the training's been going. Oh, it's amazing, man. I've been staying out here with my with my buddy Juan, Juan Puerta. He's actually, he actually fought for Cage Aggression. He's got the flyweight title out there too, man. He's a, he's a stud, Titan world champion, you know, and I got, you know, tons of, Tons of talent out here, man. The gym's becoming a small man gym. There's so many guys in there. We got Adriano, uh, who just beat Mighty Mouse. Um, we have, uh, you know, Pantoja. The list goes on and on. You know, there's tons of talent. So I'm, I'm getting nothing but the best work. So uh, that's why I had to make my way out here. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited about, you know, it all showcasing it on uh, May 8th. Absolutely. May 8th, CageAggression.tv, ladies and gentlemen, where you'll be able to catch it. And so you mentioned something about trying to get back into the UFC. I mean, obviously, you're still a young man, you know, many, many more years to go, many more fights to go. What is kind of uh, Eric Showtime's long-term plan? God willing, everything goes your way on May 8th. You know, um, I don't know, man. I just, I want to get back to the UFC. I know I belong there. You know, I belong fighting with the best. That's where I belong. You know, it's just, uh, I feel I'm finally starting to become a, a full fighter, you know, mentally and everywhere. I think my first run in the UFC, I wasn't, mentally prepared for the moment you know and i've you know over the years i've went through a lot of adversity and i've you know i've battled through a lot of things these last few years so i'm excited to you know show that in the cage i think it'll go hand in hand you know life is is rough and my my fight career has been the same way and i've you know i've battled through it so i think uh i think this is just going to be the beginning of something great you know so i'm excited to go out there and put on Put on a good show. Absolutely. I mean, you know, none of these things come, nothing comes easy in life. And you find some of the most elite, accomplished MMA fighters have definitely have a lot, had a lot of adversity that they've had to overcome. And if you don't mind, I mean, we, we, I've just a short time that I've been with Cage Aggression, I've watched the company just explode leaps and bounds. You know, our, our pay-per-view platform has allowed people from all over the world to see us. Talk to us a little bit, if you can, on the growth of the company, Cage Aggression. Man, it's insane. You know, I, I love to watch it. You know, I I was there from the beginning. You know, I was fighting for him when we started in a barn. You know what I mean? So it's it's amazing to watch <laughs> the growth and, and the things they've done and the amount of stuff. Like, now it's pay-per-view. Like, this is crazy. Mike is doing doing crazy things. Three-night events now, you know? Like, it's just, <laughs> right. evolution is amazing, man. And the production and the way they do things and the way they take care of their fighters, it's just, you know, second to none. So I'm glad to be a part of it. And if I was, you know, coming back, it, I don't feel like I'm taking steps back going to fight on Case Aggression. You know, I feel like that's Absolutely not. They, they 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 promote me well and they, you know they take care of me. You know, and they give me great matchups. Like this guy's coming off the contender. You know, coming from Hawaii all the way out there. You know, so it's a it's an amazing promotion, man. I think I think it's got more bigger things coming their way too as well. So. Without a doubt. And we have a former uh, NFL veteran going to be fighting on that card as well. And, you know, Mike, like Mike has said, he has had to turn down so many fighters in the hundreds because people are so wanting to come and flock here to Case Aggression. I mean, not only is it an elite level of talent that we see here, we obviously have two UFC. One's not a Hall of Famer yet, but he's technically a Hall of Famer. You got Jens Evil Pulver and uh, Pat Militich calling the fight. And again, you know, I don't want to forego the rest of your MMA career, but when we talked, when we got you in the broadcast seat, that was something that you felt you had an affinity for broadcasting. Obviously, this is going to take place down the line, but give us your thoughts on that opportunity that we had to sit with you and call the fights here at Case Aggression. Oh, I enjoyed it, man. I, you know, I've, I've always felt like I was well-spoken and I could, you know, I can do, I've been around the sport long enough that I can speak on it. So yeah, I, uh, I enjoy that part of it too. I want to be able to do all, all things in MMA. You know, I think I can, 
I can do the commentating after fighting, you know, open my gym, you know, have plans after that. I got to, I got to take all outlets of this, you know, because I've put so much of my time into this, you know, all my life. I couldn't see myself doing anything else. So I think the commentating, you know, and anything I can get my hands in, I'm going to, I'm going to take full advantage of. And well, and that's another thing you commented on, you know, whether it's during your career or post your career, you were talking about training people and, and you know, teaching and, and opening a gym, et cetera. Give us a little thoughts on that, because I think that's absolutely important. And I think, you know, whether you're a Pat Militich or you, you've been there before, these kids could really sit under the learning tree and learn from you guys who've actually been on that next level. Give us your thoughts on, you know, potentially down the line doing a little bit of training or, you know, opening your own gym. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the ultimate goal, man. All the things I've been able to take, I mean, from Pat Millett's, I trained at his gym, you know, and, you know, every every fighter I've ever trained under, you know, I've learned so much from, and it's it's helped me so much in my life, you know, and, and kept me out of the streets and kept me out of trouble, you know, and I would not want anything else but to pass that on down the line, you know, and just to the next up-and-coming fighters, and I think I think to do that, you know, I have to, I have to be, I have more I have to accomplish, and for more people to want to train with me, I want, I want to do more. Well, and when I read, you know, a lot of the fighter bios, the information they give us as they come to the ring, if I had a dollar for every time I read mixed martial arts and training has kept me out of trouble, I'd, I mean, I'd, I'd be a very, very rich man. And it's kind of cool, man, because so many people that I've talked to, whether it's Pat Militich, Stephen Wonderboy, Thompson, Boss Root, and Randy Couture yourself, I mean, you happen to be a religious man, but it's always so interesting to see how mixed martial arts not only has been an avenue for people to change their lives, it's never about let me go in there and train so I can whoop people's asses. It's always like, yeah. you know, you can probably attest to it. It's always when you step into the cage and when you're training, it's a battle against yourself and you wind up learning so much about discipline and humility. It's more of a, a spiritual journey than it is a physical hands up, knocking people out journey. If you can speak to that a little bit, how that affects her, that's, that's a part of your, your MO. Yeah, man. I mean, that's a hundred percent correct, man. I, I don't think, I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for MMA, to be honest with you. I mean, it's helped me in everything, discipline, anger, you know, talking with people, speaking with people, learning, the, you know, you know, proper, even proper grammar, having interviews and stuff, just everything, man. I mean, stuff that I, in school, I had, I struggled with, you know, I'm, I'm like really good with that stuff now, you know, and it's all, all because of MMA. And, uh, I, uh, I would, I would tell anybody, you know, I don't know, if I would want my kids, you know, to have to go through what I went through and in doing MMA, I've been able to be a, a better dad, a better everything. So I don't know. I wish I wish I could just I want to pass that on to, you know, everybody that I meet, you know, any any, any kid that I can come into their life. I want to be able to show them what a path that, you know, maybe they would be interested in. Well, and yeah, your upbringing, you know, as you expressed, is never was never roses and sunshine. And you find people who were at the upper level of things like combat sports or or NBA or whatever. It never came easy. And, you yeah. know, part of this reward that you received not after putting in the work was being on something like the ultimate fighter, which has been a game changing experience for so many fighters. If you don't mind, just give us a little insight on what that was like to kind of be at that upper level, the potential of the upper level being on the ultimate fighter. I mean, it was it was awesome, man. It was uh you know, looking back, I wish I would have I would have soaked in my UFC, you know, my run and and the Ultimate Fighter a little more, and I would have been more in the moment, you know. But I was, I think like, I think I didn't take it in, and that's why I know that the the next run I do have, it's gonna be it's gonna be great, and I'm gonna do great things, and because I I'm, I'm prepared now, you know. But the Ultimate Fighter definitely helped me with that. I have had, you know, I got to meet tons of great fighters that are still, you know, top ten in the UFC right now, top five guys that I've already fought. You know, so 
it's just it was an, it was an amazing experience i was taken away from like they took my phone so i wasn't on you know, social media i had no 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 distractions you know and it was an awesome it was an awesome thing and uh but the experience i would say is is definitely is definitely worthwhile it was pretty it was pretty it's pretty amazing well, and that's, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and you're still a very young man, but at least you have that introspection to to understand the value of what that was. I mean, we're all works in progress, right? We all would love to show up and, like you said, like be in the moment like you should be. But, I mean, you you have made the most of it, obviously, and I know, you know, the sky's the limit still for your future. So, I mean, it's, again, I think that's so cool uh, talking to individuals like yourself, coming off of something like that, coming – the story arc of all of us as human beings that works in progress to go from, you know, not necessarily where you want to be to growing and getting these opportunities and being able to take the most advantage of it as you can. And again, it's so cool to hear you kind of uh, speak introspectively about what that what that has meant to you and the fact that you're not even close to done yet. It just um, I think it's a testament to kind of who you are. You aren't a quitter in any way, shape or form. Not a, no, no, not at all, man. I think, uh, that, like I said, it's just the beginning for me. You know, all those years I've put in, you know. I feel like I'm just starting to break the surface in my my abilities, man. And uh, you know, I'm finally I feel like I'm finally mentally prepared, you know, because my biggest my biggest battle was against myself every fight. You know, anytime I've ever I've never been finished, you know, in my in my career, you know, my whole professional career, I've never been finished. It's always been decisions, you know. And I think if I would have fought my my best, you know, and I wasn't dealing with the things I was dealing with in life and I wasn't dealing with my own mental problems, I would have been I would already be at the number two in the world, number three in the world, you know? So I just think uh, all, you know, my path is a little longer than others. And I think it's going to pay off at the end, you know, like guys like Dustin Poirier, he's a perfect example. And he gives me, you know, he gives me a lot of hope, man. This guy has been fighting since he was 18 at the highest of the level, you know, and he's, you know, just now touching the title. Could you imagine fighting all those years and, yeah. you know, and fighting against Well, the that's best. what's so cool. And we talk about it all the time, whether it's with Jens or people like yourself or Pat Militich, the psychological, the mind state in being a fighter. You know what I mean? It's not for everybody. And it's so cool, again, listening to you speak so much more introspectively and have that humility, you know, humble pie on the plate at all times. So you don't look at anything that maybe didn't go your way as a failure. It's just always an opportunity to learn. And you can just tell that you, you have used those opportunities to learn. And so here you are. Yeah, exactly, man. And I'm glad it's going to be on Cage Aggression that I get to go out here and showcase the best me. So I'm excited, man. It's going to be amazing, dude. And it's going to be back in front of my fan, my fan base that I started with. So, you know, what better way to start back, you know, climb to the top. Yeah, without a shadow, without a shadow of a doubt, man. So it's going to be May 8th, ladies and gentlemen. Eric Showtime is going to be facing off against his opponent. Let me sorry, Sorry, I got it up here. He is going to be looking for his 15th professional win, but he definitely has his work cut out for him going up against Eric Showtime Shelton. It's going to be the perfect storm. Riley Dutro up against, of course, six-time UFC veteran. Any final words for your friends, for your family? What are we looking out for, baby? Yeah, man. I'm any just predictions? A, I don't want to put you on the spot, but any hey, predictions? Hey, man, I, I got a prediction that he's going to bed. I I have a feeling <laughs> he's gonna go to bed. I've been working my hands. I've been working everything, you know. But you know, that's what I'm going for. I'm going for a finish. I'm tired of the judges. I'm tired of that. I'm I'm looking for the finish. So be you know, keep your eyes open, and you know, I'm I'm looking for that finish. And May eighth, I, I guarantee my hand's gonna be raised. 
Well, and again, ladies and gentlemen, CageAggression.tv, and the unique thing about Cage Aggression, uh, more than any other promotions, not only is our talent exceptional, the production's exceptional, we got Jens Pover, we got Pat Milicic calling the fight. If you want to order this fight, you could order it through Eric Shelton when you go to CageAggression.tv. It's basically a referral code. You click on Eric's name, and you could purchase the pay-per-view uh, under this guy's name, and he gets a little portion of the proceedings. Eric, you, any uh, social networking, any stuff where you could throw out there where people could follow your progress, my friend? Yeah, man. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, it's East Showtimes, uh, Twitter Showtime One MMA, uh, and Eric Showtime Shelton on Facebook. You know, follow me. I, I post a lot. I've been posting a lot more out here in Florida, my training and stuff like that. Yo, know, and I just want to give a shout out to all my fans that have stuck with me through the, you know, through the ups and downs. It's been it's been a long one, but uh, we're about to start making that climb back to the top. So shout out to everybody that stuck with me. All my sponsors that stayed with me, never been stronger is a big one for me. Um, they, they keep me, keep my supplements coming in, you know, it's, a uh, you know, it's been a, and a shout out to my boy Juan for letting me stay with him out here in uh, Florida, because otherwise I don't think it would be able to happen, you know, so there's so many things I'm blessed for, but, uh, and thank you for having me on the show, my man. Absolutely, man. He's getting ready May 8th to get on the good foot and do the bad thing. He's finishing up his camp down there at American Top Team in Florida. Look up that camp because, you know, there's no slouches coming out of there. Eric Showtime Shelton, I wish you all the best, man. Safe travels coming back to the quad and uh, looking forward to calling your fight May 8th. My man. See you soon, brother. All right, ladies and gentlemen, peace and all that love. We'll holler at you here in a little bit. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are. Everything combat because, of course, life is a fight. Very anxious to talk to this young man. Dude called a few of his fights now. And it's just, it's always awesome to see, you know, fighters, individuals develop, man. And just watching your growth, bro, has just been really cool. He's a 14-time cage aggression vet coming off a very impressive second-round TKO over Nelly Thompson during our, I uh, forget which night it was, but a very history-making three-night, the first ever history-making three-night pay-per-view event. We got Josh LT Gray Neal in the building. How you doing, sir? Man, it's going good, man. Uh, thanks for having me. How's it going? It's going good, man. It's going good. I see I saw on Facebook uh, you were doing some training this morning. Looked like you got a couple little blemishes on the grill here. But, of course, you know, iron sharpens iron. You got to get that training in. How's the training going, bro, for this upcoming fight? I'm um, going good, man. You know, I mean, it's so fast, uh, so fast from the last one, so it's never really stopped. You know, I took a couple days pretty much, and then I was right back in there getting after it, so... You know, it's going great, man. I can't, I can't complain. I'm feeling like I'm still steaming off the last one, so it's good. Well, you don't need to worry about getting in shape when you stay in shape, and that's what's up. I need to kind of take a note on that, even though I'm not fighting. But, of course, I digress. But, you know, I've always wondered, man. I was talking to uh, Eric Shelton, and it just he was talking about, you know, how MMA has really changed his life, kept him out of trouble. And oftentimes when I read those bios that you guys provide before we get into fights, and a lot of times it's, the sentiment kind of is very consistent about MMA has helped change my life, keep me out of trouble. And I'm not saying that was necessarily your thing, but what got you into the sport, brother? Um, what really got me into it, I was just really looking for something after football. After football was done, I played uh, a year up in Dubuque for, uh, in college, and um, I was like, what am I going to do now? You know what I mean? I came back home and was really trying to figure it out. So then I just ended up doing some kickboxing classes as along with working out over at uh, MFS, you know, and then... Next thing you know, I'm in there rolling around with guys. I'm in there training, and next thing you know, I'm in a cage fight. So it's pretty much. In case how you don't know down. what MFS is, ladies and gentlemen, it is the militant fighting system, which at one point in time was the the New York Yankees, if you will, of of the of the sport. Man, just so many champions: Robbie Lawler, Matt Hughes, Pat Militant, Tim Sylvia. The list goes on. But now that's cool, man. I, again, I, everyone's answer is kind of different, but I mean, it's 
it's one of those things, like I was talking to Eric about it, how it really does shape a human being, not just externally and physically, but it's really like an internal thing. I don't, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but it's like how it changes your kind of outlook and your perspective on everything, the discipline and everything. Talk to us a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Yeah, it's definitely uh, helped me with that, man, you know, because if, if, you know, when I don't got training going on, sometimes I feel like I, uh, I steer away from, you know, that, 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 tr- that straight line that right, you're supposed right. to be on, you know what I mean? Sometimes Absolutely. Some things get a little wilder, you know <laughs> what I mean? And uh, it, it keeps me, it keeps me sane, man. It keeps me grounded. It keeps me, uh, uh, my values yeah. uh, in order, you know what I mean? To For be sure. a good, a good fighter, a good boyfriend, a good family member, friend. Absolutely. So definitely with me. Yeah, man. It, it, I've always find it amazing how it does sh- help shape human beings. It's never like, hey, now I can go kick this guy's ass. That's almost like the last thing on your mind, quite frankly. I mean, you could probably murk a lot of people, but it's like almost the last step that you go to. You try to probably de-escalate. But yeah, man, I mean, I don't know how deep you are into, I know we got, what, less than two weeks left. So, I mean, obviously, this is all part of the weight cut. And it was funny, not funny, but... Uh, being at the weigh-ins, you guys come in a little cranky, a little grumpy coming off the weight cut. Then it was like the next day I saw you, everybody fills out and back to being jacked. How's, how's the weight cut going, if you will? Um, it's going good. Going good. I mean, it's it's the same with me every time, man. Like I said, uh, I'll get back to even the last question. You know, it's it's more of a lifestyle for me, man. For I, sure. I, I'm, always, I'm always eating right, even when I'm, when I'm not in a fight yet. I have my, you know what I'm saying, meals that aren't great for me and everything. But to me, it's really become a lifestyle. So weight cuts never too much uh especially at 170 you know i feel like i can make weight pretty easy you know what do you walk around as uh walk around at. i usually walk around about a good between 85 90 you know what i mean so i'm a i'm a smaller sure welterweight you know i used to fight at lightweight but now that's it's, it's gotten too hard with getting yeah, older you know i can only I mean? imagine i can only imagine well if you don't mind man it was such an impressive and again watching you i think i've called like the last three or four of your fights in it's just impressive. I mean, I haven't watched you for too long, but I can just tell you're getting better, bro. In that last fight, man, against Nelly Thompson, you took him out in that second round flying knee. Talk about how that fight went, because before we went on the air here, he was, I've never seen a fighter like lean and kind of up against the cage, and he was chilling like he just woke up off from the Lazy Boy or something. But talk about how that fight went, man. Um, it went, honestly, man, uh, you know, it was a rocky first round, but I expected that. I expected it was going to be uh, uh, he was going to come out and, you know, try to put me away quick. And, you know, I mean, he caught me a couple good times and, yeah, I went down, but I just never let it get to me. You know, I knew I knew I was going to have to weather a little bit of a storm for that. And, uh, you know, and he, he brought it that round one. But once once uh, it didn't continue to go his way in the halfway into that first round, I, I could see it in his eyes, man. I go, boom, I got this guy, <laughs> it was especially after that, uh, that little uh groin shot you know when I went down he he got mm. me low and I went down uh I knew there he he went to the corner and uh I was like I gotta stay on him because this guy's breaking second by second minute by minute I gotta stay on him second round I went to my corner man I was good and rest was history I just knew I had him where I, where I wanted him and it seemed like and it was I'm, I'm sure I'm thinking of the same fight because I just watched it a little bit ago it seemed like Within a second, he just went from from doing his thing and kind of gassed up to just being gassed out. He just seemed to have just like just disappeared from the fighter he was just a few seconds earlier. That's so crazy. Absolutely, uh, that's my style. That's my style. That's <laughs> break that's, him down. That's uh, that's where I strive, man. These guys, uh, I've said it before. These guys, uh, when it comes down to a dog fight, I'm the dog. You know what I mean? I'm top dog, and I and I know that. Um, they they're not 
these guys don't want to to get in that dog fight. They don't want to grind these rounds out. And I, and I can specialize in that, man. You can come out and be strong as you want, right. be as in shape as you think you are. But when yeah. I'm still there in your face, you know, they, they that's, crumble. That's got to be scary as shit. And it makes me think of uh, before, uh, John Jones before he fought Alex uh, Alexander Gustafson. He's like, man, I'm, he's been kind of running through everybody. And this is the one, his first fight where he didn't actually train for. He's like, I'm ready for a dog fight. And he got that dog fight. I don't know yeah. if he was ready for it, but he got it. But yeah, it's crazy. It's it's interesting, man. I think a lot of people. Um, <clears throat> I remember talking to Pat Militich Fighting System when I first met Pat. We used to work out at the same place, DJ's Body Shop, which isn't here anymore. And when I walked in there, sometimes Pat would be on the bike, and an hour later, when I would leave, Pat would be on the bike. And it's just like that level of conditioning when you're there in those championship rounds, the third, fourth, fifth rounds, and they're you know you've almost given everything you got, and they're still standing there. Like you said, that's when the dogfight really happens. So you have really have to have that ability to have that conditioning, that endurance, and really be able to dig down. And you definitely did that during that fight, man. Coming back from adversity. Yeah, that's a uh, and, and you. It's funny you say uh, Pat and all them. Like you know, what I'm saying that that grind. You know, I feel like if I wouldn't have started there, you know, so early in my career. Or, you know, from from being green in this sport, that maybe I wouldn't be the type of fighter I am right there. They definitely put that in me back in the day, man. All those guys making me work, showing me how it's done, man. So I owe it all to them, all them guys back in that gym. Uh, they know who they are. And, but, uh, uh, and I say it all too often, man. Iron sharpens iron, and how can you be great unless you study greatness? And that's the beautiful thing about Pat Militich and Jens Pulver being a part of Caged Aggression. He's able to impart some of that you know, that wisdom and that fight experience that you just cannot get anywhere else from a UFC Hall of Famer, first-time welterweight champion, Jens Pulver, first lightweight champion. Um, it's, it's really... Um, it's priceless what you guys can get having worked with a with a Pat Militich, even though Militich fighting system isn't around anymore, being able to get that kind of insight from somebody like a Pat or a Jens. So, yeah, it's definitely a head up you guys have over most other fighters. Um, I know, you know, recently, I mean, sometimes your opponent slips out, dips out for whatever reason. You obviously have a change of opponent now. You're now going up against Jamie Medina Jr. And I've asked Jens that, and I get different reactions and different um, answers to this question. How much does that change your game plan to have somebody thrown in, not the last second, because you've still got two weeks left, and I'm sure you, like most fighters, your opponent, you look for certain tendencies. So how much does that throw off your game plan, getting somebody thrown in a different at the last second? Um, for me, for me personally, um, not too much, because the, the, the first opponent I had um, has a lot of the same qualities as, as Jamie does. You know, they're, they're going to be, you know, a, a striker, a striker. A pretty good, you know, kickboxer, Muay Thai striker. You know what I mean? It's not like it's a total 180 where I'm going against a straight striker to a college national champion wrestler or something like that. You know what I mean? So getting ready for that, you know, there's a few things they each do different. But for this matchup, I feel that it's a uh, it's pretty much the same, pretty much the same. So I'm just going to do my thing. I'm not really too worried much on what my opponent is great at. You know, I find the things in, in some tape that I think that I got to watch out for. Sure. But I just pretty much always focus on things I need to do and things that I do good or I could work on and try to apply that. So either way. Yeah, that's what's up. And I, you know, having read, uh, we're just everybody who's a mixed martial arts fan is a fan of Bruce Lee. And, you know, Jeet Kune Do, the art of fighting without fighting, I think Jeet Kune Do was really like the original MMA sport, like you said, utilize what was useful and discard what is useless. That's not good for you. And it's it's one of those things like if you're a prepared fighter, you can go wherever the fight goes. But I think I don't know, just me personally, I'm no coach or anything, but I think exploiting certain tendencies um, is definitely helpful for a fighter. Um, before we go on, uh, producer Juice, is there a way to bring up that last fight? If you want to jump to that second round as I talk to him here. Um, 
you um so you know your future man you, you got a very bright future and this is what cage aggression brings to the table like i say all the time this is no outlaw mud show these kids either they're you know we've we've had veterans from bellator ufc um LFA, we've had people from Cage Aggression go on to these promotions. What's your future looking like in an ideal world? In an ideal world, if it goes as planned, man, I'm looking to go out there and put another uh, a stamp on, on a finish uh, coming up here in two weeks. And then from there, man, I don't I don't know how I can be denied a, a title shot anymore for Cage Aggression or how these promotions, these other promotions can deny me a shot on their show. You know what I mean? Like... Uh, I know a lot of guys that have made it to the LFA and, you know, I feel like I'm better than some of these guys that I see on there or even guys that I know that have made it, you know, I've trained alongside of them. I'm just as good as they are. Where's my shot at, you know, right, right. or, you know, Dana's contender series, you know, what's up with that? You know, you need, you keep stacking up them impressive wins, bro. You're going to be seeing it without a doubt, man. Yeah. As we, as I saw you coming in here, you're rocking a little WrestleMania shirt here. You're a professional wrestling fan, bro. Yeah, yeah, I was big old school uh, anyway. Old school back in the day. Yeah, you know the, the more my age was like uh, uh, the the Rock, Stone Cold, right, you know, right, Mick right. Foley, the Attitude Era. All that. Yeah, yeah, definitely big Attitude Era fan, man. Oh yeah, yeah. You rocking uh, WrestleMania? What was that WrestleMania Six? Yeah, Ultimate yeah. Warrior. You got that? Yeah, just the throwback, man. The game's changed so much, man. I don't even know who's really in the game <laughs> anymore, but it was cool watching you come up and walk, rocking that bad boy. Um, you want to check this one out, Juice? Can we plot, throw this one out and have, walk us through this? Absolutely. Talk to us a little bit about this as you walk through this, brother. Um, right now, I just knew to, you know, keep fainting, keep fainting, keep moving. Uh, you know, just don't stand there. Don't be a, a stationary target for him. You know, keep him guessing. Cat, the calf kicks were a big thing too going into this. That's what I was noticing too. Absolutely, I see a lot of those, a lot of fights anymore, especially K's aggression, which makes sense. You know, you want to stop the mobility of your opponent. They can't quite move, can't quite throw the way they would normally do it. Yeah, especially with uh, training with with uh, the best calf kicker in the game, Eric Wisely. You know, I, I've learned a couple things on how to get those in there yeah. from him. You know, taking a couple as well. So yeah, I've heard a lot of a lot of fighters in cage aggression lament Eric Wisely and the the tutelage that they've he's given them. Right there, I, when I hit him with that one, I could tell in his face already that he uh, he was not liking it. He gave a little wince or whatever. Looping overhand right there. That was a, staying busy though, walking him down. H horrible shot, but now how much did that actually hurt you? Was that an off balance shot, or that really sting you a little bit? Um, it was a more off balance, but I definitely felt it. Okay, I definitely yeah. felt that. But he's a big boy. I mean, he's definitely no no little dude. Oh yeah, yeah. He definitely uh he came with the power that they had they had spoken about. Definitely did. Right here, he does that. He'll, he'll start switching his stance here after that one or the next one. He he wasn't liking those right away. Let's get to this finish. Let's get to this finish. The beautiful knee. Uh, here we go. Boom. Yeah. Right there lands perfect. Goes yeah, that down. was it. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that was the ref letting it go a little bit. Right, right here, the, he he eats these ones unanswered. Yeah, Josh's like uh, ref. Yeah, yeah, need it. I was thinking that too. I go, how how many more are we gonna take yeah, here? How many more, man? That was a lot. Producer Juice, let's see that flying knee one more time. I don't know if they give it to us in slow mo, but let's check that out here real quick. 
Boom. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, what set that up well is, uh, I, you know, I was reading him the whole time. I was moving, reading him, and he, uh, like they even said it in the commentary, he, you could tell he was trying to set up that overhand pretty good. So he was trying to set up that overhand pretty well. So he was ducking. He was ducking a lot, and that's when it clicked to me. I go, let's just uh, let's throw this switch knee that I've thrown in many other fights right, and right. let's get it going. That landed right at home. It seemed like he paused for a second. I was almost like getting hit in the nuts. It's like you get hit, and you're like a couple seconds later, it's like, oh. <laughs> then you really feel it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Congratulations, though, man. And, you know, like I said, it, well, let me ask. Any any possible predictions for this newest opponent, uh, Jamie Medina? Uh, the only prediction, uh, I, I don't, I'm not a big prediction guy, but I can, I, I can it. predict and I can promise action. That's one thing you always, get with me. Always, always with LT that's one thing you always get I'm me. waiting for one of you guys when I'm like, hey, prediction. Remember Rocky Three was like, prediction? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clever yeah. Lang. Yeah, man. Ready to bring that pain. That's great. What's your prediction for the fight then? Prediction? Yes, prediction. Pain. So that's what's up, dude. May 7th, May 8th, ladies and gentlemen, cageaggression.tv with the unique, another thing that differentiates Cage Aggression from other promotions. When you buy the pay-per-view, you can buy it under the individual's names, you know, referral code. So when you buy it, check out, click Josh and Neil, and he will get certain proceeds from the fight, which I think is really cool. The gate's not as big as it normally is. So I think this is something that really helps compensate for what you guys might not be getting from the gate or just normal pay or whatever. Even I might be talking out of my ass and that's not how it works. But this unique uh, referral code helps get you guys paid you know, under your, your name. So yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely, uh, it helps. Cause I got a lot of friends all over the place. Absolutely. You know I mean? And so, you know, being able for them to watch the pay-per-view and, you know, not have to be just sit on Facebook waiting the whole night. It, yeah, makes, it, no, exactly. it makes a big difference exactly. for sure. For sure. Well, man, it's good to talk to you, man. And I know this is not going to be our last conversations again. It's been really cool watching you grow, man. It's just, you know, it's that exponential growth, a very impressive knockout for this gentleman right here who obviously was no slouch. And I'm looking forward to more action. Like you set up against Jamie Medina's junior and you're going to be fighting Saturday night, right? No, no, main event Friday night. Friday night, my bad, yep, my bad. Yep. So there will be main events Friday and Saturday night, but Josh will be fighting on the main event Friday night. So when you go to cageaggression.tv, you'll be able to pick the date, pick the name, and it'll be on and popping, my man. Absolutely. All the best of luck, brother. It's Thank good you, talking my man. to you, man. Thanks for it. coming in. Awesome. Locked and loaded right here once again, everything combat, because as you know, life is a fight. It's been a good episode here so far. Really, really stoked to talk to this gentleman, and it's a testament to how the promotion of cage aggression MMA has grown. You know, Mike Goodwin, the CEO, has talked to us over the last several months, especially the last historic uh, three-night pay-per-view event in March. People were just—he uh, was—he was unfortunately having to uh, deny fighters in the hundreds who've wanted to come and fight on cage aggression MMA because the platform is growing that much. Not oh. just the pay-per-view platform. We got champions, legends. UFC legends, Jens Pulver, Pat Milich is calling the fight. That's another huge distinction from so many other different promotions, the production value, the whole team, and the whole elite level of competition that we bring here at Cage Aggression. And today's guest is absolutely no different. As this uh, platform grows, he is a former NFL player, Kansas City Chief, I believe defensive end, correct me if I'm wrong, sir, but he is the top-ranked light heavyweight in Illinois and Indiana. Pierre Walters is joining us today. What is up, sir? How you doing, Mr. Wilson? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I cannot complain. 
Um, I know you've been grinding out, getting your training on for what you have coming up here May 8th, going up against, uh, pardon me if I mess up his name up, at Alec, Alec Lorenz, undefeated fighter. All of his wins are by KO. He's looking to stack up another one and another KO against Pierre Williams, and he's going to do everything he can to prevent that from happening. It's good to talk to you, my man. How are things going? Pretty good. Uh, Pierre Walters, by the way. Common mistake. What did I say? You said Williams. But it's, oh, it's, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. No, no worries. No worries. I apologize. It is literally sitting here written right in front of my face. How I said <laughs> it wrong, I have no idea. It's but all if, you don't, if you don't mind, man, I mean, you had an, a little bit of an NFL career, illustrious career. What was the thing that transferred you or, you know, helped you transition into MMA? That helped me transition uh, into MMA? Well, um, what got you into it? Uh, really, I mean, it just, it, it, it started out, um, with just my natural, uh, need to move, uh, to be athletic, um, to use my body, you know, um, ever since I was a kid, I was always, uh, physical, you know, I always wanted to, um, to run around and jump around and, and do things, um, athletically. So, uh, when I was done playing football, um, you know, uh, going to the gym, lifting weights and, you know, doing my best to stay in shape was cool, but I, I felt like I needed something more. And, um, you know, uh, several things led to another and uh, I found a gym in my neighborhood, uh, took the first class and I was hooked. Um, I was hooked after that. Um, and a couple years later, I had my first fight. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I would say that um, just my natural need to want to want to test my body, move, and compete uh, is what led me. Well, and, you know, there's no doubt that, you know, NFL training, the conditioning of the whole nine is, you know, nothing to scoff at. What would you say is kind of the difference between, like, the training and the conditioning for an NFL career playing on the field of football compared to a mixed martial arts career? Hmm. Um, <clears throat> I would say that there's a lot more freedom um, in a mixed martial arts career. Um, you know, football, it's, it's a team sport. So, um, you know, you, you train, um, when the, when the team needs you to train, you know, uh, there's a set schedule, there are set dates, uh, in MMA, um, although the training is, I, I believe equally as grueling or can be equally as grueling, um, there's a lot more flexibility. Um, you know, you can train in different arts, uh, different disciplines, as long as you're working on something, um, you know, you, you're, you're getting better at the craft. Uh, whereas football is, is seen a little bit more segmented. Um, give us your thoughts, man, coming up on this, you know, incredible, incredible platform, Cage Aggression MMA, Saturday, May 8th, cageaggression.tv. Um, give us your thoughts on Mr. Alex Lorenz coming in here with an undefeated record, all of them by KO. Mm -hmm. Does that any way intimidate you at all, or is that just another, another day at the office for you? No, if anything, that excites me. Um, you know, most of my fights, amateur and pro, have come against wrestlers, you know, people that just wanted to grab and, and hold on um, because they didn't want to strike with me. Um, this matchup is is a bit of a, a breath of fresh air. You know, uh, just from what I've seen, um, he, he seems just like pure boxer, you know, pure boxer uh, with a little bit of kickboxing defense. Um, he, he, he looks like a good puncher. You know, I, I notice how he keeps his rear foot back when he when he strikes. He he seems fairly patient, um, but aggressive at the same time. So I'm really looking forward to this matchup. 
As am I. I mean, with his record being, you know, undefeated, all wins by KO, it definitely, to me, as a lay person looking in, it seems very daunting. What do you think, um, what are your thoughts that you, your your strengths that you bring to the table as far as your mixed martial arts repertoire? Okay, well, um, I, I, I know that uh, he hasn't uh, competed against someone as long as I am um, and as strong and as big as I am. Uh, so the first shock to him, I believe, is going to be my length, my presence. Um, when, when I push him back and I'm a switch fighter, I like to really control the space. So um, the, the tools that I'm bringing, uh, I believe he's never seen before. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to testing it against a style like his. And styles always make fights. In um, coming to you know cage aggression, this platform, you know what are you what are your thoughts on fighting? You know we we now have grown you know pay per view platform. We are literally all over the world, and I know you're no stranger to that. But what are your thoughts on fighting uh, for cage aggression? Having your fights called by you know UFC champion Pat Militich, or I believe it might be Jens Pulver that night. What are your thoughts on that being on that level? Um, it's 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 uh it's very exciting. Um, it's it's an honor. To, uh, to have my name tied with the promotion uh, like Cage Aggression. Um, you know, it wasn't too long ago that, uh, that I heard uh, the name Cage Aggression being, being talked about by the likes of Danny, Dana White and, you know, just seeing it, seeing it online. So um, I know it's a very prestigious uh, regional promotion. Uh, that's a pipeline for a lot of fighters to, to go on and, and, and have uh, bigger uh, platforms uh, to fight on. So um, this this is a real treat. Um, when I when I got the call from uh, my manager uh, and they let me know that I had this opportunity, it was a no brainer. Well, and you're absolutely right, man. This is a platform that that's transitions people's lives, you know, and, and changes people's lives in a myriad of ways. You know, we have fighters from UFC, Bellator, LFA coming to fight here. And through their success on this platform, we have fighters that have gone on to fight for those very same promotions. Um, I asked this about I asked this two fighters coming up, you know, with their fight coming up. Is there any way you could give us a prediction on uh, what, how you think are going to turn out there May 8th? Hmm. Well, I, I, I can I can assure you that I'm going to go out there and um, and command my space. Um, I'm going to keep up a pace on them and, and, and look to look to patiently drag them in the deep waters. Like you mentioned before, all of his fights were fast. Um, you know, first round, I believe all of them were first round knockouts. Um, and that's great. <laughs> that's amazing. But, um, you know, I've been through wars. Um, not that I won a war. I like to get in and get out quickly, um, as quickly as possible. But uh, I'm prepared for a war. Uh, and I have experience of war. So, um, I don't know if he can say the same. Um, so uh, what I'm looking to do is 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 to go in there, uh, dictate the range, look for my openings, and then blast away. If he's still there after 15 minutes, <laughs> kudos to him. But if not, then you know that's the type of night that I would like to have. So. Um, it's definitely going to be fireworks on the feet for sure. Ready to pick up a quick W and get paid by the minute. And you That's kind of have spoken to this a little bit ago. Um, and I like to ask fighters, you know, uh, a gentleman we just spoke to, Josh El Tigre, uh, Neil, one of his opponents dropped out. And I mm. always have asked whether it's him or Pat Militich or Jens Pulver. Um, obviously, you know who your opponent is. But um, what tendencies are you looking at? And again, you probably answered this a little bit a little earlier. What tendencies are you seeing that you could possibly exploit to pick up that 
a W? Well, I mean, um, you know, uh, uh, I, I mentioned before he he kind of has a, a, a kickboxing defense um, where, you know, he kind of covers up and he gets a little light on that lead leg. Um, so I'll just say that there are holes right there. <laughs> Keeping cards close to the vest. I'm with it. I'm with it. Less is more sometimes. You well, got man, I definitely. Yeah, absolutely. A little Sun Tzu. Saturday, May 8th, ladies and gentlemen, caseaggression.tv. Again, with the referral code, when you buy the pay-per-view, you can go ahead and click Pierre Walters, not Williams, Pierre Walters, to pick, up, uh, to pick up the pay-per-view. And, uh, man, it's, it's really great talking to you, my man, and I'm so looking forward to, to seeing you fight. I saw some of your fights online, obviously. But, again, when you have former NFL players coming to Cage Aggression, it's just kind of a, a huge indicator how the platform's growing. Do you have any kind of social networking, uh, any, you know, social stuff that you could shout out so people could follow your progress and what you were up to? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm most busy on Instagram. I, I try to do my best to post. Um, I'm getting better at it. Uh, my, my social media is a little dry right now. I, I get a lot of, uh, I get a lot of grief from, uh, from uh, my friends and uh, my girlfriend <laughs> and, and coaches about, uh, not posting as much, but, um, you can follow me on Instagram at workhorse two underscores, just workhorse two underscores. Um, and also on Facebook, uh, at Pierre Workhorse Walters. That's, uh, that's where you'll, you'll be able to keep up to date with everything I got going on. That's what's up. So yeah, sometimes you got to be the president of your own fan club. You know what I mean? But, uh, man, Pierre, I'm so, again, I'm so looking forward to the fight. Thank you for taking the time to chop it up with us. And I'm looking forward to talking to you, uh, that weekend and, uh, many more conversations after that, my friend. Absolutely, man. It was great meeting you. Um, and no doubt we'll have conversations in the future. For sure. Pierre Walters, ladies and gentlemen, former Kansas City Chief. He is the top-ranked light heavyweight in Illinois and Indiana. Looking forward to his scrap Saturday, May 8th, against Alex Lorenz. Peace and all that love, brother. Take care of yourself. That's it. You too, brother. Holla. End of the here we go right here. Everything Combat, ladies and gentlemen. Jeffrey Wilson sitting in the pilot seat once again. Everything Combat because life is a fight. And I'm super stoked, my guy here. We've had him on several episodes of Everything Combat as we move into uh, May 7th and 8th. Chain reaction right here, live and direct from the uh, River Center right here in downtown Davenport. He is the El Jefe of Caged Aggression MMA. He's Mr. Mike Goodwin. How are we doing, my friend? Good, man. First time, like, face-to-face. -face. I know, is, right? This is cool. It's different. Absolutely. And, we're, you know, we're all trying to refine our process and elevate our game, just like Caged Aggression has. Man, we, like I said, we have um, in another event, Chain Reaction, coming up May 7th and 8th. Just briefly, if you don't mind, because we just came off the very first ever history-making three-night pay-per-view event right here in the River Center. Man, that was amazing. Triple Threat, give us your thoughts on how, a uh, little post-mortem on how that went, my friend. Uh, man, I, I, I left that weekend. I, well, first of all, I expected to get out of that weekend like... Uh, Man, I don't want to think about MMA for a year, you know, I, I, but, but honestly, I, and I said this in the fighter meeting on Saturday night, the third night of it, I said, uh, you know, I, I expected to, to just be overwhelmed and this and this. And I actually had this, I compare it to like summer camp. When you first get there and you get dropped off, you're like, oh man, uh, man, I don't really know too many people. This is going to be a long summer, man. Yeah. And then by the time you're leaving, you like shedding tears and you're you made crying. best. Yeah. You're like, I man, I don't want that. this to end. So that's kind of how it felt was, uh. You know, uh, it, it was just so nonstop. Once we kicked off that first weigh-in and everything was set up and we were ready, um, the, the behind the scenes and the 
particulars and paperwork and all that stuff was all done. And, and now it's just managing and getting through it. But it was just an awesome ride. It was just awesome all weekend. Even the whole lead up to it. I mean, it was just, um, it, and you know, if you, not to digress too much, but I mean, two, 2020 was, was a motherfucker. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. as a fight promoter. Yeah. You know, the March, I, March was like 2020. You were about to have your event and the event got canceled. And you're like, oh, yeah, really? And then you went September, October, November, back to back, you know, months of just incredible matchups, man. And the cool thing about being a part of this, and again, thank you for allowing me to be a part of it. You know, you're just bringing in so much talent. This is no outlaw mud show, no events that happen at strip clubs. You know, don't, no disrespect for anybody who's doing these kind of events. I mean, we're having veterans from the UFC, Bellator, LFA, either coming from those promotions or from their success here at Cage Aggression, going on to those promotions. So, I mean, if you don't mind, just... What is it like for you as the promoter, especially not just 2020, but in 2021? You know, you have obviously an affinity and a love for this sport. But just what is that like for you dealing with setting up your fight nights? People drop out. People jump back in. Give us your thoughts on just that fluid nature of trying to promote and keep these fights going. Yeah, I get I get asked that a lot. Like, uh, man, I don't know how you do it or I could never do what you do or, or this and this. But I think it's like anything you're passionate about. When you dive in um, and you give 100% to it, um, of course, there's going to be struggles along the way, you know, and, and, you know, I see some promotions or promoters that, you know, so, somebody gets injured or somebody just changes their mind, you know, and backs out and you, you, you pick the wrong one and they start blasting them publicly. And I've always like brought it back to a normal level. You know, if, if I owned a grocery store and I had, a, you know, I had 20 employees, a couple of them are probably going to suck. You know what I mean? It's just the nature of how it works. So, but am I going to go on every time an employee doesn't do his job and, 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 and blast him and whatever? No, I'm going to keep all that behind the scenes and, and I'm just going to kind of ride the wave. But, um, the, my favorite quote is probably, I, I absolutely love this sport. I think it shows in the last decade and, and, and what we've done and, and the things we've been through, but I do hate the business. I, I mean, I absolutely love the sport, but I, yeah. but I do hate the business side absolutely. of things. It's just a, it's kind of a cutthroat, grimy business. You know, at times you feel like it's it's you versus every other promotion as opposed to working together, which is how I always wanted it to be, like work around each other's dates, you know, and open up more opportunities for the fighters and the fans. But it's just not that kind of world. It's just everybody kind of uh, trying to, to their own thing. Like, it's just about them. So um, I would say overall, uh, it is a struggle because we don't just put guys and girls in the cage. We We – promote them and present them when we build a lot of tools and a lot of things behind the scenes for them that takes a lot of time and money. And so when somebody drops out, I've always been like, uh, regardless if you are the, the local or semi-local guy or girl, uh, once you commit to me, I fully commit to you back. So if your opponent backs out, I don't care if you're coming from New York. It's my responsibility to fill that fight at all costs. Yeah. And usually that turns out being at our costs. Um, but at the end of the day, you committed to me. I fully commit back. And I think that's important. And kind of sticking with that over the years really is one of the things that's helped us grow is that people know that, look, Mike and his team are in this for the right reasons. There are countless things that we provide that most don't. You could just put that money in your pocket. I believe we all need to eat. Um, that's how this thing works. Um, that's how we keep the train moving forward. And um, I mean, really, at the end of the day, uh, I think any job that I would have is going to have its ups and downs and struggles. Yeah. But there's not a job out there that I can imagine that 
You start from scratch, you start building this out. You literally create everything from the, the color scheme to the theme, to the fight card, to everything. And to see it all come together on fight night, there's no feeling like that in the world. And there's no job that I can go do that's going to give me that same reward. So it's, it's not a financial thing. I mean, we have to profit to keep the thing going. Um, I'm, I'm not obviously getting rich off of the thing. Um, I don't know what the next thing brings, but I know that we're into our 11th year, uh, which is pretty cool for a sports entertainment business to last 11 years. Um, it, it's, it's above average for sure. No, without a doubt. So I, I just, I think that's just, I love it, man. I, I love the passion and, and, it, and it definitely trumps the struggle. Well, and that is, you know, obviously the agony and the ecstasy of being a fight promoter. I mean, and that's who you are, having to deal with the ups and downs. But it's so cool, man, having just kind of linked up with you. I mean, I've, I've been very familiar with Cage Aggression for a very long time, but being a part of it myself and our whole crew, it's been amazing to watch the exponential growth. Like I said, you have, you know, veterans from the LFA, Bellator, UFC coming here and based off the, the success here, go on to some of those promotions. And it's been really cool for me to see, you know, like we have Eric Shelton coming up on this next card. He's fighting with American Top Team. You've had um, uh, Eileen Lobos. You've had just certain individuals from Jackson Wink. I mean, Jackson Wink is the, the, the camp where Holly Holm comes from. She knocked out, you know, Ronda Rousey, where the greatest of all time trains, um, John Bones Jones. Give me your thoughts on not just um, recognizing, you know, as you grow, you're starting to bring in some of these big promotions, but or these bigger camps, but your relationship with these camps to get these guys to guys and gals to come in, like you talked about, you've had to turn down so many different people. You've had people from these very prominent gyms willing to fly their people in, put them up to be on the platform of Cage Aggression. Talk to us a little bit about your relationship with these gyms. Yeah, that's been, uh, it's really been kind of humbling, man, because when I first got into the, the sport and the business, I, I realized right away it was dirty and it's cutthroat and, mm -hmm. and, and, and people already have their relationships and, and you, you're an outsider. And, and all I did was get into the business with ideas that I thought would be better, a better presentation for the fighters, um, most definitely better for the fans. Um, so they got their money's worth. When we build a show, uh, I try to build the event as if I was buying a ticket. What would I want to see, right? Because that's going to make me want to come back and, and, and it's going to make me a fan. Um, and I tell people a lot, like my boy and I are big hockey fans and we didn't grow up around hockey. We, we, I mean, we're in Iowa, so we're just not, it's not a hockey world. And then we go to our first game and we were hooked. And now, you know, we play deck hockey and we go to every game. We just drove to Dubuque <laughs> just to be able to go to a hockey game. Nice, everything nice. shut down. So um, yeah, I try, I try to, I try to build the event like that, um, you know, from a fan perspective, but the reality is, is that I'm competition, especially at a local regional level. So I understand why at first it was hard to gain any respect. And, and I, and, and I'm going to tell you a story from year number two, specifically, I was so nervous that I finally got to work with a fighter at hard drive. Right. And I'm only two years into this thing. And, uh, so I, take our little cameras because I always thought like, why not take cameras into the gym and show people like there's so much more to this than 15 minutes in the cage, Absolutely. man. Right. Show them that they actually are real people and, and the, the time they sacrifice and the work. So anyways, we start taking cameras into this gym and they're like, who are these guys? Right. And, uh, as I'm leaving and I met Keone, the owner and, and, um, former fighter. And, uh, he says to me, uh, when I'm leaving, I said, you know, I just, just like I told you, I just want to do it better. You know, I've been to a lot of local shows and, and I just think that needs more attention to detail and needs to be done better. He's like, I, and I said, I'm really just a fan. I'm not, I've never fought. I'm not a coach. I'm not a manager. My only vested interest is to try to put on a great show. And he says to me, 
just how Keone is, very just monotone and kind of look you dead in your eye. And he says, say that in five years. Longevity. And I'm like, whoa. And, and I don't forget that because I actually use that as motivation. Like, he's probably right. He's seen the grimiest and the dirtiest of the dirty. He's seen it all. He'd been in it so long and he's been taken advantage of by promotions, and he's seen what the business side really is. Yeah. I really hadn't yet, except for that nobody really wanted to help me. So, um, uh, you know, and I've told him this story, and then five years later, I'm like, we're still here, man. You know, we're still here, and as the thing continues to grow, when I said earlier, it's hard for me to ever think about doing anything else. Um, there are times where I challenge myself, should I be providing more financially for the family? Uh, why put the extra weight on my wife? And, and I know I should be out making more, whatever, whatnot. That's, that's besides the point. But again, like as these milestones keep happening and things keep growing. And now, like you said, I'm speaking with world-class gyms all over the country and managers from those gyms. Like, what do we got to do? We've heard great things. What do we got to do to get our guys on? It's like, man, am I ever going to be able to do anything else? Because like, <laughs> I already love when it all comes together, but now um, now I'm not the guy that, that doesn't get the, the return call. I'm not the guy that feels intimidated to talk to the UFC or to Bellator yes. or to these yeah. management companies. You know, I get to work with management companies that, that have a hundred fighters in the UFC. And I tell them, why, why are you, why are you calling me, man? Like, why? And they're like, dude, everybody <laughs> knows about cage aggression. They want to come fight. You know, the, the words have even come out of Dana White's mouth. It, it's, you know? it's so, I mean, yeah, man, it's like, why why stop now no absolutely you know? i mean you're killing it you're absolutely killing it i mean i think it's you know nothing ventured nothing gained you know what i mean you yeah. miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take yeah so again there's so many people that through fear or just whatever hesitation don't take that first step which you took 10 years ago and oftentimes they're very protective of their baby like i know you are because it's hard for people to kind of have that foresight of like man where am i going to be five ten years from now and here you are 10 plus years yeah with an incredible promotion you have two i don't care if jens isn't in the hall of fame or not you have two ufc hall of famers veterans former champions commentating your fights for sure and then you see the influx of all of this talent coming here you're clearly doing something right and um, piggybacking on that a little bit, you know, we just saw, um, uh, sorry, Logan Paul, right? Logan Paul, Jake yeah. Paul, one, one of those two guys, you Logan know, it, it, and even like 10, however many years ago, Joey Buttafuoco versus XYZ, you're seeing some more of these um, celebrity fights. And, you know, and people are interested, interested to see them. Give me, your, give me your thoughts, if you don't mind, on the kind of this growth of this. You know, we were talking about um, Mr. Paul beating Ben Askren. Ben Askren may not be a striker at all, may not be a big MMA guy, even though he did win, win titles in one championship. I mean, the guy's wrestling background, his pedigree is absolutely amazing. And this, you know, Paul gentleman comes in and kind of, for lack of a better term, shocks the world. Give us your thoughts on, I mean, you had called them uh, commodity fights before, you know, celebrity fights, et cetera. Give me your thoughts on how that's never going to replace real MMA, real boxing. But give us your thoughts on how these things are just taking off and so many people love to see them. Hey, uh, you know, I don't, I try not to raise my children how I was raised because times are changing. They change. They're so different than when I was a kid in every facet, man. And, and so is the sport and so is entertainment. And you've got to be willing to open your mind to things like that. And so it's, it's growing on me because it's what people want to see, right? Uh, the difference with me is I want it to be credibility. Yes. I, I, want, I want it to have credibility in the matchup. I want it to be legitimate. I don't want it to just be a money grab uh, where you're literally – 
taking money from people. Now, look, it's not my job to spend your money. If you want to, if you want to watch it, great, but don't buy it and then critique exactly what you knew was going to happen when that's how it was built. Yeah, that, that's yeah. why it was built that way. So as long as it's, uh, as long as it's legitimate and, and really both guys have the ability to win that fight or both girls, I'm all for it. I mean, let's go back to MTV and the little claymation celebrity yeah, death match, right? Yes. I mean, people want to watch celebrities fight, man. Even if they're not even human, yeah. they're you know, made of clay. No, yeah, absolutely. they did. They, and, and when you, and I never, I won't forget it. You'd see like, Oh, I like this celebrity and I like this one. And, and you start rooting for these little clay <laughs> characters and stuff, man. Well, so and the gore and the shit getting shit chopped yeah, off. It yeah. was always fun to watch. So, yeah, so again, evolve, although technology and events, and life and everything's evolved the love for that obviously hasn't it's just maybe different now so people want to see it well it, it, it kind of you know is uh whatever the word is it, it goes to our kind of even mma or boxing i've always been a combat combat uh, fight fan it's kind of our primal nature sure if you will and like you said how things evolved you know i don't mean to get too dark about it but you're seeing children you know very young kids this online internet world you know people are Kids are taking themselves out because they're getting bullied online, et cetera. And you go back to things like uh, Mike Tyson said, we're getting too used to talking shit online without getting punched in the face. Sure. And one of our commentators, the first ever lightweight champion for the UFC, Jens Pulver, has talked about this as well. as a huge word that just gets missed from all this. And that's a level of accountability. People aren't being held accountable for talking all this shit. And again, not everybody is necessarily made to step in the cage to uh, atone for their words. But... Um, Something that's in our circle, former UFC Hall of presently UFC Hall of Famer, former UFC welterweight champion, Hall of Famer, trainer of champions, Pat Militich, has been getting a little bit of grief from a gentleman by the name of Mike Jackson. Um, Pat trained Mike Jackson to fight a guy by the name of Phil Brooks, who was known as CM Punk in the WWE, and Mike couldn't even finish him off. But um, the video we're about to watch here in a second, uh, Mike Jackson was approached and was saying, you know, there's some fight promotions that would like to see you and Pat possibly fight a kickboxing match. Not necessarily MMA. You know, Pat's, you know, no, no slouch. You know what I mean? He right. still has the skills to take you out. So before we get too much deeper into this conversation, I want to show everyone and show you, um, if you haven't seen it already, it was a video on Instagram that Mike, uh, the Truth Jackson, uh, posted about a possible matchup with the champ, Pat Militich had a promotion contact me saying I should do a kickboxing match with Mike Jackson. Said it can make us millions. I laughed and said, Mike, sorry ass, couldn't do three rounds with me. Fun thought though. <sighs> Pat Militich says he's riding off into retirement, but now he's challenging me to a kickboxing match? Pat Militich is completely delusional and it's probably really punchy at the moment. For him to even think at however age he is right now, that I wouldn't completely dog walk his ass in a kickboxing match. <laughs> Look, Pat, this is not for you, dude. You told me you was done. You told me you, you was retiring. You said I had motivated you with that last video to go sit your old ass down somewhere. Go sit your old ass down somewhere. Unless you really want to get beat the fuck up. I don't know. Stop. I bet you believe that General Lee made all those jumps across the bridges, right? Sad. So this, I mean, this individual who couldn't even finish Phil Brooks, CM Punk, has the fucking unmitigated gall 
to speak this way about Pat Milicic. I don't give a fuck how old Pat is. Pat will murk a motherfucker. The guy has the tools to definitely take this, in my humble opinion, I'm biased because I've got mad love for Pat, but to take this gentleman out. But, I mean, give us your thoughts on, and again, this is separate from Cage Aggression. This is not necessarily something you would promote as, as Cage, a, a Cage Aggression fight, but myself and my business partner, Justin Holstein, and even Pat, um, we've talked about, you know, I know there's street beefs out there, and we got something called tweet beefs, mm-hmm. which is, you know, stop talking shit online. All these keyboard warriors, and again, not everybody's uh, cut out to step into the cage and handle their business, but again, this is a legitimate beef. And he goes back to that word of accountability. For him to have the hubris to make such statements, I'm going to walk the dog with Pat Militich? Straight up? Really? Pass what the fuck you're smoking, dude, because I want some of it. Straight up. So, I mean, just give us your thoughts on something like that. Again, not that something, something this would happen under the umbrella of caged aggression, but something like this. You're talking about legitimacy of a, of a, of a matchup. What are your thoughts on something like that? Well, I guess... Uh you know, it's, it's hard not to be a little bit biased, obviously. We, you know, uh, Pat's on our team, and, and I've been a big fan. And, um, you know, I, I, I live here, and he lives here. So as I've been trying to grow this thing, he's been instrumental. He's helped, you know, train some fighters through the thing. And, and now he's, you know, he's calling the fights, which is amazing. Um, on this, so here I got two things to say. Uh, one time I walked into the gym, and, uh, you know, I got my workout plan ready in my head, and I run into Pat. And unfortunately, he had just gotten there too. Uh, and he <laughs> said, he says, hey, uh, want to do my workout with me? And I'm, he's like, it's a little easy one. And I said, sure. One hour later, man, I could barely walk. I wanted to puke. I was a mess. I looked stupid. I was just <laughs> sweat everywhere. And he had barely breaking a sweat. Now, where that ties into this is that he's just a different animal than most people uh, know on the surface. Uh, the man is... He's an absolute beast. He's he's regardless of his age, he is a machine, and and he is committed to keeping that machine going as long as he possibly can. He realizes he's getting older, but go go do an hour workout with him. Yeah. I don't care what age you are, what type of athletic ability you have, go do a one hour workout with him, and you'll know why he still can say the things that he says. Now let me add a second thing, which I talked about earlier, and that's passion. Um, Give him something that he's passionate about. I think the whole world knows when he's passionate about something, you know he is, right? (laughs) Now, so if he has a a fight like that with somebody saying something like that, I already know what he's going to do in the gym. Yeah. Add some passion behind that and a goal. That's a fight. And that's not a commodity. That's a legitimate matchup that deserves legitimate promotion, legitimate uh, pay-per-view abilities, uh, legitimate everything behind it, because that's not a commodity fight. That's a legitimate, great matchup between, obviously, two guys that have beef. Without a doubt. And again, there's something very, very truly organic about it. And it's something that, you know, like I said, our business partners are really trying to shoot for. You know, as much as much enmity, you know, Jake Paul, I think is his name, Jake Paul or Logan Paul, I apologize if I forget which one it is, you know, have against him. He just knocked out Ben Askren, a world-class athlete, within seconds of the first round. And he granted the NBA star, NBA uh, player who he knocked out probably had no fight experience, but he still knocked him the hell out. And again, it just raised his marquee value to now where he's talking to Floyd Mayweather. He's talking to Daniel Cormier, which is just completely nonsense on his part. But again, he's just, the world is his oyster right now based off of his successes from that. But again, going kind of back to what we're trying to build with a tweet beefs, it's not like these these kind of freak shows, but it's legitimate competition. And again, going back to what Jen was saying, 
um, a certain level of accountability, man. You yeah. can't just talk to. Sh- I guess you can. You know, one of the what a uh, one of the laws of Newtonian laws of physics for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. Some people won't feel it. They won't necessarily feel that this reaction coming from what they've said. But th- these conversations b- between Pat and Mike have been out there and they're gone viral. So I definitely would love to build the foundation of tweet beefs on something like this and then that lends itself to all the other ones that we can hopefully put together sure um with your help would be great if not i mean i just want to get your thoughts on it because it is definitely a thing um like i said in march i mean hats from even last year 2020 september october november my hat has been off to you sir you've been fighting the huge fight these these herculean herculean efforts to keep putting these fights on and March was absolutely no exception. You made history. Shout outs and kudos to you. And here we are in May. Um, I believe you had said in a previous interview, you're kind of going to take a break during the summer. Talk to us a little bit about what's next for caged aggression. Yeah. Let, let me, be, before I forget, let me point something out too. Um, you know, I do these interviews and stuff and, and social media is, it's heavy on the, the boss. It's heavy on the guy that takes the risks. But at the end of the day, I didn't go through all these efforts. All of us did Um, from the fighters to the coaches, to the, to the fans, to you guys, the team, you are taking time out of your life to be a part of what we're trying to get to do here. And so as much as I seem to get all the credit, I I think it's very important that everybody knows that I I'm beyond thankful because you guys were there for every one of these things. I can come up with an idea. I can come up with a date, but it takes a, an army to make what we do when the lights turn off uh, happen. And so, um, so first and foremost, thank you, man. Thanks for having me here today. Thanks for all the involvement and time. Appreciate that. Time is money, and time is one thing we can't get back. So to invest all this time into to us and me and 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 my family and my goals and dreams, dude, that's that's incredible. So thank you for that. Um, with that being said. Yeah, here we go again, man. This is 11 nights of fights in eight months. Um, I did the math. 213 different fighters from 22 different states, uh, 37 different gyms. Uh, this, this, isn't, this isn't amateur anymore, man. I, I have to sit back and go, holy shit, man, what did we just do? Because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm, I'm just not, a, I'm not that type of guy where I don't get a, I don't get a big head. I, I stay very humble because I'm thankful um, that, you know, I tried something 11 years ago and here we are still. So, um, I guess, man, to me, March, nothing about Mar- uh, March, five weeks later going into May makes business sense. But ever since they gave us the green light to start doing shows again, nothing's made business sense. Uh, nothing's been logical. Um, and I'm okay with it because you know what, we're doing it. We're getting it done. We're providing opportunities. Um, so really what March was, March was, I want to try something bigger and badder than we've ever done. Hundreds of fighters want to be a part of what we're doing. I put out an announcement and literally over 350 fighters wanted to fight in March. So what that told me was we're not done, man. I need an extension from March to provide some more opportunities. Um, will, will we knock it out of the park? Uh, will we be able to have three months to plan it? Will we have all of that structure that we'd like to have? No, but everything's unorthodox right now. I'm, I'm capitalizing on, what's the best way to say this? The powers that be, for some reason, have more power than is, to me, inhumanly possible right now. And it's, 
and it's crazy. Yeah. And, and I'm not okay with it to the point where I'm going to fight back. I'm going to push back and I'm going to continue to do what we do because there are lots of people that want it and lots of people that need it. You know, it's not yeah. even just a want, man. People need uh, companionship and they need shows and they need fun and they need, and the fighters need to fight and the gyms need their fighters to fight. And there's this whole ripple effect. So, um, without getting political, man, uh, fuck the bosses, fuck all these people telling us what we can and can't do. Telling me I can't run outside without a mask. I'm outside in my neighborhood. The school tried to tell me I couldn't run a mile with my son. I'm like, it's my neighborhood. I will never be told by anyone, not even God, that I can't go outside and run with my child without a mask on. So all of that being said, um, I wasn't done, man. I'm exhausted. I yeah. do need a little break. My, my, my kids especially, they, they really need dad back for a few months, like all the way there, yeah. you know, because I'm there, but I'm not there. Um, I so, so, but I, but I didn't think we were done yet, man. I, I, I know things are starting to open up. I know states are going to start allowing shows. And I do want these teams I've been working with, uh, you know, a lot of them, they have a home show or a couple home shows and I feel terrible for these guys. They're still shut down. So I'm really kind of, uh, you know, an extension from March to give more opportunities. It's almost like a five night event. It's so close to each other. And then, and then take a few months off just to give the area a break, allow these other shows to happen again so they can make some money and, and feedback to the gyms, allow fighters to fight closer to home. Um, yeah, but I, I think that there had to eventually come a time where I said, we can't keep doing these every month because there is a business side to the thing that we have to you know keep under control. For but sure. uh, But yeah, man, I just... Once I realized maybe like mid-January that I've got over 300 fighters wanting to be a part of what we do and I've got room for 60, we yeah. can't be done yet. No, and you're absolutely not. And again, one of these things that differentiate cage aggression you know, from many promotions, there's many variables, but uh, when you have Dana White literally on air on his show, The Ultimate Fighter, I think it was, mentioning caged aggression regardless of people wanting to fight in their hometown and i get that psychology you know let people make money in their own home that's that's still not caged aggression and i'm not sure and i'm sure you are you're beginning to become more and more aware that caged aggression is that next fucking level my friend you're fighting you're you're fending off hundreds of fighters like you said you have so many different things about this promotion that beyond differentiate itself from other promotions and that's really cool i think that's a really kind of cool altruistic aspect of your personality you know shut it down here for a little bit let people go fight in their hometowns but again they're not fighting off hundreds of fighters to come fight at their promotion so with the inertia with the energy we built over these last several months please sir let's get back sooner than later because i mean this is this is it's a beautiful thing. You don't know it until you're seeing it happen. And this is your baby. You've been growing it for 10 years. I mean, again, you got Dana White talking about it. You got Pat. You got Jens. Your production quality is absolutely amazing. You got Justin involved. You got Paul Martinez. It's so next level, man. And I know you already know this, so I'm speaking to the choir. But please, sooner than later, my friend. Please, definitely sooner than later. Um, wow. I'm so glad that we could actually do this face-to-face, yeah, -face, cool. man. Ladies and gentlemen, it is going to be May 7th and May 8th, cageaggression.tv. If there's a particular fighter that you like on the card that you've you know, grown, got a little shine to, please pick them up during the referral code. Otherwise, cageaggression.tv. Other than that, man, where could we follow you, El Jefe? Any of your social networking, anything where we could follow your progress? Yeah, man. I've tried. Uh, one thing I have tried to do is learn this whole analytics game. So uh, <laughs> if you just... I mean, everybody's Google. If you Google caged aggression, there are 
the first 10 links you can find us. I mean, whether it's our website, our pay-per-view website, uh, Facebook, all the social media platforms, our website, um, cageaggressionevents.com, which pay attention to that because when I, when I came up with the name for our, our general website, Caged Aggression Events, um, Caged Aggression MMA was available. And you would think, well, why didn't you, why didn't you do that? Because back then, and it's been so long now, I thought that caged aggression could be an event promotion, not just an MMA promotion. Hmm. So I left that open and there's some ideas really buzzing right now, because if there's one, uh, Achilles with me that actually seems to work out is that I'm never satisfied, man. Okay. We did a three night event. Now what? Yeah. What's next? How do we top the three-nighter? So I've got some ideas swirling that may really tie into what Cage Aggression events is. Anything you want to tease, my friend? Um, you know, one thing that really uh, uh, prompted me to get into this was when I worked for the IFL, I was introduced to the sport of MMA with big production and big presentation, and most importantly, legitimate fights, where either fighter had the ability to win that fight. And when I started going to local shows, that was unheard of across the board. There was no production. There rarely was there a matchup that made sense. And um, the business model was just simply, if you're a local ticket seller, you fight whoever you can beat. Right. And, and, I, and I couldn't stand it, man. And I started going to other states and other shows. And I was like, man, this just seems to be the norm. So I said, we got to try to do this differently, right? And... Um, I think after a decade of showing what we can do with MMA, that there is the potential that we could put some cage aggression flavor on some other sports. Nice. Uh-oh. And I heard it first I'll here, ladies and gentlemen, at Everything Combat. And that's something I've lamented so many times during the fights, the, the matchmaking that you do. It's There's never anything lopsided, man. It's always a very uh, legitimately matchup to lack of a better term and if you want to go back check us out on youtube the cage aggression mma youtube channel you can watch the whole events we've got fights broken down into individual fights i mean um gosh uh juan romero against michael ship you know it was such an incredible knockout jens pulver hit us with a holy shit this jumped on <laughs> business insider went viral but this is what we've come to expect here at cage aggression and again my friend i thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of it any of our team and anything we could do to help you promote and keep this train going man it's absolutely awesome i've been a combat sports fan pretty much all my adult life i forget when it actually started but it's been absolutely amazing so uh Thank you so much for taking the time, my friend. Yes, sir. It will be May 7th, May 8th, live here from the River Center in downtown Denport, Island. If you can't make it, cagedaggression.tv. Check it out. You won't be disappointed. And uh, peace and so much love. Stay tuned. There will always be more.